Welcome home, good hunter. What is it you desire? Welcome to the Paper Street Hero Podcast. Uh, today I'm actually in recording this out of uh, a place that I consider sacred ground to me or this is a place of there's like a sanctuary to me i come here to train i've posted it a few times uh, to any of the followers or anybody who has actually uh, i've brought down here for any kind of like physical training and today i have with me my cousin jason and um not to get too into it he's in the medical field he's a medical professional so um i'm excited because there's already the content that you guys know I talk about and it's really cool to have somebody from a professional background be able to shed light on it and he has assured me that there's nothing wrong with me mentally you know I've opened up to him about a, a whole lot of things and he's like Prim you're not don't, don't worry there's nothing wrong with you and I'm like well you know let me get a second opinion or something so anyways I'd like to welcome you or welcome to the show my cousin Jason welcome to the show Prim Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, and first, before we get into anything, Bloodborne and Hollow Knight, you got to be kidding me, man. That was like epic, epic. It's like, really, those two games, amazing, amazing. Yeah, I had those specifically like waiting for you. Like, I appreciate that. Glad to be here. But, you know, like you said, right, we're, we're at the place where we train, right? Both you and I have been here for quite some time. So I kind of consider it sacred ground um, to myself as well, right? You know... We've learned a lot here. We've learned a lot about martial arts, but we've also learned about a lot about like each other and then also ourselves mm-hmm, personally, mm-hmm. right? And earlier we were kind of having that conversation about <clears throat> setting goals, right? So when we set goals, a lot of people, what they tend to do is they tend to set unrealistic goals, right? So they tend to set goals that are basically not achievable. And when they try to reach those goals, eventually they are going to fail. So... Oh. Go to just get it a little bit closer. You can pull it to you. Oh. Don't worry. Don't get. Oh. Don't be shy. Oh, okay. Don't be okay. shy. Make it a goal to like okay. not be shy with the microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So when we're setting goals, right? The basic thing, or the best thing to do, is to set a goal that's. Of course, you want to set a high goal for yourself, but you also want to set something that's realistic for you to achieve. So earlier, I was saying that, hey, you know, ideally, I want to become a black belt in jujitsu in two years, right? And based on my knowledge and really based on your knowledge as well, that's not possible, right? Because on average, it takes about, what, 10 years? Dude, before, yeah, like anybody getting a black belt under 10 years was unheard of. And if you did, people would be like, oh, that's fake or you paid for it or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, yeah, well, I have something to add to that, but I don't want to steal what you're saying. So keep uh, continue. Yeah, so... Um, 10 years to two years, right? Like, yeah. it's laughable to, in some communities. Absolutely. Oh, I would say pretty much in, in all communities, right? But, you know, granted, you have, like, the prodigies, the geniuses, the ones that really just pick it up like that. Um, mm. A name that really comes to mind is uh, Kyle Terra, right? So he got his black belt, I think, in, what, four, four or five years? Okay. Yeah. Um, please don't quote me on that. I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. But yeah, when we're setting goals, the best thing to do is you want to set something that, of course, is achievable, that can kind of push you to get better than where you are. But then you also have to make sure that it's reachable, right? So realistically, if I wanted to become a black belt in jujitsu, I would put it aside and be like, okay, well, you know, with the amount of time that I can devote to training, 
technically, I would probably want to become a black belt in like maybe 10 to 12 years. That's realistic for me, right?、Mm-hmm. If I can do it sooner, hey, that's better for me. But to be realistic, to set a goal that I can actually achieve, maybe 10 to 12 years.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you're setting goals, the best thing to do is set a high goal for yourself, but then also temper it, right? Manage it. Make sure it's something that you can actually do.、Um, to elaborate on that,、mm. or I'd like to focus on one. Piece that you actually said where it's for yourself because first you bring up Kyle Terra who、mm-hmm. does it in four years, and that's because he has an entirely different life from you. You know, like we're we're parents, we're you know trying to make a living. You know, we if we could, if we didn't have any other responsibilities, we'd devote every hour of our day to pursuing these. Uh, accomplishments,、Absolutely. but you know you gotta be realistic.、Absolutely. Hey, if I can only do three hours a week,、mm-hmm. then I gotta be fine with that. And here's this other kid who, you know, that's the great thing for them is somebody encouraged them. Somebody said, if you want to do that, this is how you avoid not so much that. Well, they're technically obstacles. It's not that they're good or bad. It's well, if you want to do this, then don't do this so it doesn't hinder you、mm-hmm. more or don't focus on this. If you really want this, really this goal. And it's realistic. You can be a black belt in this many years. Then why are you going out, staying up late, drinking, and then you're hungover, so you can't go training in the morning?、Absolutely. You're eating bad. You're、mm-hmm. partaking in like substances. You know, just behaviors in your life. So it's like identifying obstacles, and you know, he had it young. He had that support young, and because that's his life. So with us, it's like, well, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. And other than Just up and leaving this thing and being like, you know what? I want to be a black belt in those two years. F all of you. I'm going to go move to this state where there's all of these, you know, it's, I'm going to go move to California or wherever and I'm going to do 10 hour days. I mean, realistically, I think you could do that, but then what's the sacrifice? Yeah, absolutely.、Right? Yeah. But it comes down to your own lifestyle and you've identified for me, if I was to keep this particular schedule. And this is realistic. Yeah, I could do it in, in 10 to 12 years, and I'm fine with that.、Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, just to kind of piggyback off that as well, is anything that you want to achieve, it always, it's always going to come back to you, down to you. Right. So, it's always going to be up to you. Whether you achieve something or whether you didn't achieve something, it comes down to you. Right. So, with that being said, it really has to do with a lot of the way that you think. Right? So, if you want to achieve something, if you truly want to achieve something, whether it's learning an instrument, whether it's getting a terminal degree, whether it's getting your black belt in jujitsu, like you said earlier, right? If there was something that you truly wanted to do, like with all of your heart and soul, you would change up your entire lifestyle in order to accommodate that goal,、mm-hmm. right? So, like you said, if you wanted to become a black belt in two years, it's, you would pretty much drop everything in your life, you would go to somewhere that Can offer you that training and those resources, and you would devote your entire day, your entire life to just learning jujitsu, right? Is it doable in two years? If you had the right situation, the right supports, the, the right environment, I absolutely think it could be possible, you know? Unlikely, maybe for majority of people, right?、Mm-hmm. But is it possible? I think anything is possible, you know? With the right, the right environment, the right support, anything can be possible. Right. And the drive and determination and self discipline,、mm-hmm. because Obstacles will always be a part of life. Like, nobody, unless you're like some prince or something, like, nobody's just going to have this perfectly blank slate. And 
hey, what do you want to do? And we're going to make sure nothing gets in your way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure you get everything you need. Like, you know, everybody would like that. Ideally, who who wouldn't want just life handed to them on a silver platter? But yeah. like percentage wise, who in this world actually ever gets that? True. And the people who do get that, they kind of suck. <laughs> you know, like they, <laughs> yeah, they got their own stuff to deal with. So it's like, how bad do you want it? How bad will you or how bad do you want it to the point where you're not going to let anything stop you. Like, do you want this thing bad enough? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Like, do you really want it or are you chasing it for some other reason? Like, is your, uh, what is it? Simon Sinek, right? He says that. Mm-hmm. You familiar with him? Simon Sinek? Um, the name sounds familiar. He's the one that says, um, if your why is strong enough, you will endure any how. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, do you really want this? Why do you want this? Does this shake you to your core? Is this just this immovable object in your life that you will withstand any storm yeah. that comes your way because mm-hmm. I must do this or else I will die mm-hmm. or I'd ra- I might as well die if I can't pursue this. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's where discipline plays a role and your discipline is a form of self-love. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, we were talking about goals. May I, mm. we don't have to get too far into it, but just for the listener, right? So they can kind of get a little bit more background. May I, at least tell them what field that you're or would you like to actually say what field that you're in generally just so they can be like oh yeah you know gene brought on somebody who kind of knows what the hell they're talking about Mm -hmm. would you yeah yeah, sure sure um so i work as a community behavioral health practitioner okay i think i can go ahead and say that much okay Mm -hmm. so basically um what about a degree Uh, would you be able to share your degree you don't have to you don't have to on the fence about that. Uh, no, I have, I have my master's degree. Okay, you have a master's degree in the field that you're studying. So you, yes. you know a thing or two. Um, were they to reach out to me, could I, not that you're going to be their counselor, but you know, if, if somebody was to reach out to me personally, could I be able to give them a little bit more information? Just Absolutely. Because people are always like, well, what are their credentials? What's yeah, his credentials? Absolutely. So, yeah, just go ahead and yeah. um, let me know. Absolutely. I'm always uh, around to help. If anything, listener, I can vouch for him. So if you trust me, <laughs> then trust Trust my cousin too, okay? Right on. <laughs> he right comes on. from a family of medical professionals. <laughs> right on. Anyways, continue though. Continue um, that previous thought. Mm. Okay, which thought was that? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> if we can't recover it, then we'll move forward. <laughs> um, what about... So, so we were talking about goals. Mm. I wonder if we could play with that just a little bit more. Sure. Ah, here's a little fun thing for you. Mm. Um... So a lot of my recordings don't have a whole lot of structure. Okay. But would you have anything to add with goals when it comes to like Bloodborne and Hollow Knight? Because <laughs> okay. I know that you like to, you're always like, dude, I platinum this game and I platinum that game. And I'm like, those are hard games to platinum. Are you like a glutton for punishment? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's a very good question. Um, but just for the record, I have not gotten the platinums for Bloodborne or Hollow Knight just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the trophies that I have yet to get they do take a little time and you know being a dad and working full time it's a little difficult to get your gaming time in right but am i a glutton for punishment (laughs) i would say yes and no right so yes if it's something that i'm really drawn into or if i'm really into something that really just kind of envelops my my thoughts or just my my creative or imaginative side right so you take games like hollow knight and bloodborne Really, they're just otherworldly, you know? Mm-hmm. Even the, the gameplay, the characters, everything about the game, the mechanics, everything down to the very basic foundation of the game, I just really enjoy and I really love. Are they hard? 
I think that's really a matter of perspective, right? Because、mm-hmm. when we think of something that's hard, we automatically kind of already hold ourselves back, right? Because we automatically put restrictions or these hurdles in front of us and be like, okay, well, shit, something's in my way. I can't get to my goal. And you know that's that's human nature, right? That's that's how we think. We're kind of going to use the word. We're kind of wired to think that, right? It's like if something is in our way, we already have kind of blockages in ourselves mentally, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But those games for me, they're not hard, right? They're for me, they're they're rewarding in a sense, right? Because there are some things that. I do have to try multiple times, right? Because if it's going up against a certain boss or getting through a certain area, of course there are times where I fail, right? In those games specifically, I fail more often than I succeed.、Mm-hmm. But that's okay, right? Because for me, the payoff is that much more rewarding, right? So when I die in Bloodborne, it's like, okay, well, how do I not die the next time,、mm-hmm. right?、Mm-hmm. It's kind of linked to that determination, right? That resolve to kind of get to where you're going, right? In terms of goals. Because if you're truly passionate about achieving something or getting to a certain place, you will fail, right? That is inevitable, right? Unless you are one one of those what geniuses or prodigies, prodigies. yeah. yeah.、Like、what are what is what is the the ratio of one of those kinds of people being born like one in what like fifty billion or something like? We'll that? go with that. We'll <laughs> go with that. I mean, isn't there like only nine billion? In, in well, you know, to, to emphasize, to, it's like astronomical. Yeah,、right? yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's like there's probably like two on Guam if we're lucky. Maybe if we're lucky, right? If we're lucky, but yeah. So just basically having that resolve, right, and kind of just accepting the fact that you're gonna fail, right?、Mm-hmm. That you're gonna get tripped up. That you're gonna have something not go the way that you planned or intended or even desired, right? When you learn to accept that, you learn to be okay with it, right? Like it's a part of the process. Exactly, and that is exactly it. It's a part of the process, right? Especially when you have a goal that you want to get to, or a place that you want to get to, a destination, right? That being part of the process is, you're gonna fail, you're gonna trip up, right? Because we don't have everything figured out. Anybody who has everything figured out is just full of shit, right? Because for us normal humans, right, like us regular beings.、Um, Dude, we're not perfect, right? So we're gonna we're we're trying to figure things out, right? And if you ask like any any successful parent, right, or any quote unquote good parent, right,、mm-hmm. they'll tell you like it's it's never perfect, right? Like they're always gonna tell you it's like yeah, you have your good days and you have your bad days. But what makes them a good parent is the fact that when they have their bad days, they're able to wait through it and they're able to move forward and they're able to say, okay, you know, tomorrow's another day, you know. So when we're setting goals. Even if we fail, it's okay. Like you said, it's part of the process. It's growing pains. It's something that helps us get better and move us forward to where we need to be,、mm-hmm. right? So even with like martial arts, right? Do you remember the first time you started here? We were、oh, talking about this、yeah. earlier, right? Hell so, yeah! Yeah, it's like I couldn't punch for shit. I couldn't kick for shit. My cardio was crap. It's like I felt like crap, right? I almost fainted <laughs> several times. <laughs> I felt the same way with jits, right? Like, I, no, I didn't. In jets, the first time I tried it, and mind you, this was like an intro class, right? So,、mm. like white belts are the white belts, like the lowest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the belt. Like、um, you just、tier. tied your white belt. Exactly, right? I just learned how to put on my gi. I just learned、yeah. how to tie the white belt, right? Got a nice, clean white gi. Exactly. Fresh out of the package. Exactly. <laughs> my very first intro class, I threw up. No shame in that. I was not prepared, right? Like, um, I thought going into it, I was like, you know, my my cardio is、eh, it's pretty decent, right? Like, it's it's not where I want it to be, but you know, it's pretty decent. I think I can hang. Yeah, no, I was wrong. <laughs> I threw up. 
Same. Yeah. I would have thrown up. It's just I didn't have breakfast. So I went for mine. So I was just like hurling. And then I just passed out. Oh, I don't know which is worse. I think <laughs> it's worse to actually throw up and like, because then you have a splatter. And then now people remember, oh, yeah, here. There's this. Oh, yeah. There's Gene. Yeah. But then I think a few, because if that happened to you, and I feel, I feel like it's almost a rite of passage mm. for jujitsu. Like if you didn't hurl, then more than likely you're like practicing on the side and the back so that way you come in. Yeah, you're conditioned already. It's yeah, like, like you're cheater. you're related to somebody, you're friends <laughs> with somebody, and be like, dude, can you like roll with me at my house first so I can get past that? Yeah, and it's like I don't want to be a throw up stain in the in the mats. <laughs> yeah, and so two things. The reason why I brought that up is two things: is uh, there's a fear because of the failure. There's a fear people have of like, what will people think of me or. Like they just can't, and to my second point, they have a hard time with self-criticism because that's a required uh, aspect if you're going to improve on anything mm-hmm. is being able to look honestly at yourself and be like with Bloodborne, with these games, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. If I keep messing up, I, I could complain about the game developers and this is uh, stupid mechanics. And I was like that for a little bit when I first started Bloodborne. I'm like, Absolutely. oh, these, no, no, it was Hollow Knight. I was like, oh, these freaking mechanics, like, screw this game. Oh, this is so stupid. I went on forums looking for people that agreed with me and everybody was just like, no, stop being a pussy, get good. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And so I got good and it's, yeah, the, the reward. And it's, you don't get anything tangible when you beat. So back to Bloodborne. The first two bosses that you come across, depending on which paths you take, it's either Father Gascogne or Cleric Beast. Which one did you hit first? Um, the first time I played through Bloodborne, I came up against Father Gascoigne first. Right. Was he hard? Oh, or? he killed me like maybe 25 times. Okay. That actually... So the first time I played Bloodborne, I was super psyched when I first started it up. I was like, oh my God, this world looks amazing. The graphics look beautiful. The monsters look well-crafted, right? Mm-hmm. I was so psyched Lovecraft for Lovecraft style. Exactly, you know? So I was like, fuck, this is going to be an amazing game. So I played through the beginning, you know, I say it's not that difficult, right? You die a few times when you're learning the mechanics of Why the game. Why is everybody saying this game so hard? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is not so bad. Yeah, no. Cue Father Gascoigne. First time I went up against him, he killed me within 10 seconds. Because I just kind of went in there and just like, just like, oh, I tried to hack and slash. I wasn't <clears throat> watching his attack pattern. I wasn't, you know, keeping my distance. I wasn't dodging effectively. I wasn't watching my health, right? So mm-hmm. I was doing all of those things wrong, right? Quote, unquote, wrong. So, yeah, the first 10, 12 times, he, he killed me, right? But every time I went up against him, I lasted that much longer, right? Mm-hmm. So, for me, that taught me that, hey, I'm learning, right? I'm doing something right because I'm surviving little by little. I'm mm-hmm. surviving longer, you know? So, to me, that's progress. Like, yes, he's still killing me, but, you know, if I keep going the way I'm going, you know, eventually, I'll kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And I did. So... After I killed Father Gascoigne, I said, fuck this game, right? So I kind of <laughs> put it on the shelf for like a year. Too much, much to my dismay, right? I, I really shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, Bloodborne. I'm sorry to the Bloodborne community. My, my bad. I fell into the trap of, you know, Bloodborne was hard. My bad. Okay. But I got good. And, you know, then I went up against the Cleric Beast. And, of course, he killed me, I think, the first seven times, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't kill me as many times as Father Gascoigne because I kind of knew how to play a little bit better, right? Right. So when I went up against the Cleric Beast, it was learning his attack patterns. It was learning what to do, when to attack, when to kind of withdraw, when to dodge, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So when things get hard, stick with it, right? Because if you truly want something, if you want to beat a boss, if you want to learn an instrument, if you want to get your degree, and something is hard for you, stick with it, right? Because learn. Learning makes you better, 
right? Mm-hmm. In all aspects, right? And one thing I kind of wanted to mention was when you're talking about negative self-talk, right? So self-talk, especially with the things that I do, it's very important, right? So you have this negative um, self-talk that's so prevalent, really, with majority of people. Where you talk about that fear, right? Like fear of being a failure, fear of people looking at me differently, fear of being a disappointment, right? Those are emotions, or rather those thoughts come from emotions, right? And human beings, we have emotions, right? That's what makes us beautiful. For me, that's what makes us really beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Emotions are complicated, they're sticky, but I think it makes us very beautiful. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about like kind of dealing with thoughts, right? When you're talking about fears, So when we start talking about fears and negative self-talk, especially with what I do, we talk about irrational versus rational, right? Mm, okay. So rational meaning it's, it's appropriate for the situation, right? Versus irrational where it's kind of like out of proportion, right? So say, for example, you know, you do pretty well in school, but then you do very poorly on one test, then automatically you start thinking, I'm such a failure, I'll never get this right. That's blown way out of proportion, right? Because if you're not considering all of the other times you did extremely well, right? You're uh-huh. kind of judging it on one thing, right? You're and forgetting your victories. Exactly. Okay. And that's called a cognitive error, right? There are different varieties of cognitive errors. So that's just one of them, right? So that's a... <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the actual term, but it's along the lines of um, minimizing the good or rather maximizing the bad, mm-hmm. right? And then you have that other one where we were talking about earlier in terms of setting goals, right? So setting unrealistic goals. Like, hey, I want to become a black belt in jiu-jitsu in two years. Probably not going to happen, right? It could. It could. But there's a really low chance of, be, of it being pulled off. Like the people who have done it, mm-hmm. it's already a small number. Just wanted to add that in there. But yeah, continue, sure. continue, because yeah. we're talking about goals. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, right? So anything in theory is attainable. Anything and everything is attainable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like you said earlier, it really depends on how you choose to go about getting there. Right? Mm-hmm. So if it's to learn an instrument, shit, drop everything you're doing, practice with your instrument, learn what your instrument sounds like, learn the feel of it, talk to your instrument, you know, have that conversation, right? And in terms of conversation, kind of want to going back to that self-talk aspect, people talk to yourselves. It's a good thing. It's called introspection, right? Oh. And basically, when you have introspection, you converse with yourself, right? And I'm going to say contrary to popular belief, it's a good thing, right? Because every time you do that, you kind of reassess yourself for where you are in your life, right? So am I, am I happy? Am I where I want to be? Am I doing as well as I should be? Am I, am I growing as a person, right? Have those conversations with yourself, right? Because... Every time you do, you learn that much more about yourself, right? So people have that conversation with yourself. If you have that negative self-talk, there are things that you can do. Honestly, therapy, it's not an overrated thing, right? Because people can benefit from therapy, right? You don't necessarily have to have a problem necessarily. You don't have to necessarily have a mental illness. You don't necessarily have to have like an addiction to whatever, gaming, gambling, drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just need somebody to kind of bounce their ideas off of, bounce their thoughts off of, right? And that's what therapists do, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Um, even when I was kind of in school, kind of getting my degree, I never understood that whole concept of, well, you know, therapy is for faggots or therapy is only for women, right? I never understood that. Mm-hmm. Because 
the art of talking, right? And I'm talking from like a, an historical standpoint. Talking is universal. Talking is that thing that brings us together, that helps us achieve things, right?、Mm-hmm. Without talking, shit. I think what we'd be very lonely, right?、Mm-hmm. We, we wouldn't be able to enjoy life to the point we want to enjoy it,、mm-hmm. right? So talking is, I think, a critical aspect in development. It's a critical aspect in learning, right? And It's critical in learning for various reasons, right? So it's critical in not only learning in school, it's critical in learning about how to talk about our feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think learning to talk about your feelings is very important as well, right? Because if you're having a hard time and you don't know how to describe you're having a hard time or you can't describe what you're needing at the moment, you can't expect people to help you, right? And I think really it's unfair for you to get mad at somebody for not knowing how to help you. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's important to learn how to express your feelings. At least know the feelings that you're feeling, right? Right. So, like, you have your basic ones anger, happiness, sadness. I think there's three others. But then you have so many other feelings, right? Like, it branches out. It's this whole kind mixtures, of. Mixtures. Mixtures、exactly. of those feelings.、Exactly. It's like primary colors, but then they start mixing and、Absolutely. it becomes a spectrum. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. So, when we're learning to talk about our feelings, Yeah, it's, it's great because we need to learn how to communicate those things to not only ourselves, but to others as well, right? Like, if something bad happens to you, like, are you feeling sad from it? Are you feeling angry from it? Are you feeling some other feeling from it, right? Because that's where people can actually start to help you because they know what's going on with you. That's why I, I'm a big advocate for therapy. I think everybody should do it every once in a while.、Mm-hmm. That's just me. For that, I'd like to. Bring up,、uh, touch on some stuff that you said a little bit earlier、mm. with the、uh, introspection, mm. right? Mm. Talking to yourself and、mm. even just the, you could say voices in your head, but I don't want it to take on that negative <laughs> connotation. But more of like when you're doing negative self talk, therapy helps you identify where does that come from when you say, God, I'm so stupid, I'm so useless, I'll never get it right. Who? Is saying that you're not saying that to yourself. That comes from somebody that you held in high esteem telling you you're, it's, you know, to simplify it, it's like a father, you know, like for people, you know, one of the big things on Guam are people growing up with like either without a father like me、um, or step parent, you know, there's just all of these mixtures. And it's like we, we as humans, we have our mother and father and then we have our siblings. And depending on how. High, we hold them in esteem, their words become the core of how we feel about ourselves. So, you know, for people who are, you know, their parent says stuff casually, like, yeah, I kind of never wanted you, or man, you, you ruined my life, or, you know, I could have been great, but then I had to take care of you. Like, when the, when the parent just easily says bullshit like that, it makes their self worth start to take on those phrases of, yeah, you're useless. You think you can be a black belt in jujitsu? You, dude. You, like, you're not good at anything. Yeah. yeah. And then, the, the, not the worst it can get, but the really dark area it can get is you want to be a black belt in jujitsu in two years? It takes at least 10 years to do that. You think you're going to, like, you're not even worth it. Why don't you just kill yourself now? Because you're not going to do it.、Mm. And that's where it leads to, it spirals downward into、uh, a mental and emotional hell.、Mm. So, therapy. The right therapist, or even just the right conversations, because I'm not a therapist, but I like to have these conversations、mm-hmm. with people where、mm-hmm. it's like, yo, don't stop saying that. Stop saying that about yourself.、Mm-hmm. Like, I don't 
see that about you. I don't agree with that voice that's telling you that you're useless. I don't agree with that. Tell that voice to shut the fuck up. Mm. But then we also got to identify, why do you say that to yourself? Mm. Mm. What do you think? Uh, like, I guess I'll hand that back to you if you have any to build off of with yeah. that. So, <clears throat> yeah, to um, really kind of discuss what you were talking about. So that period, right? So what our parents say to us and then all the, also things we learn in the environment when those things are said to us and when we really start to take it in, that's called internalization, right? Internalizing. Mm-hmm. So basically, we adopt what was said to us and we kind of program ourselves to think, oh, shit, I'm a failure. Shit, I can't yeah. do anything right. That's an opinion, but I accept it as truth because of who you are to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so uh, just real quick, there are several different approaches, right, to therapy, to understanding problems, to help people get better, right? So one I kind of want to highlight, which is really one of the more popular opinions today, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Okay. And the main premise of that is our thoughts influences our actions, right? So say, for example, um, say you're driving on the road, right? And then all of a sudden somebody cuts you off. What's the first thing that you think? Oh, you bastard, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly, right? Like you have one of those, like those apprehensive thoughts or those angry thoughts, right? If you have that thought, what is that more likely to lead you to do? Step on the gas. You know, I want to speed up. I want to look the guy in the eye, flip him the bird. Absolutely. At least if I want to, if I think I can do it. But then, you know, sometimes the bitch in me is like, (laughs) no, just let him have it because he could be a black belt in jujitsu and, you know, I don't want him to fuck me up. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Every situation is different, right? But but that's me rationalizing. We're going off of what you said where, hey, this thing, it triggers an emotional response. Mm. So, yeah, to simplify it, I... I'd get fucking pissed off. I'll tailgate him or some shit. So mm-hmm. I, I will respond negatively mm-hmm. if I'm not aware of my action. Absolutely, right? So essentially you had a negative thought, right? Like, like you motherfucker, mm-hmm. right? So that's a negative thought. Okay, so CBT, what it does is it helps to change that automatic thought that first pops into your head. So instead of having that thought of, you rat bastard, what if you had a thought of, well... Well, maybe he's, you know, trying to get to the hospital or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like maybe he's in a hurry to get somewhere that's like really life threatening. Right. Or he just needs to take a shit, you know, exactly. Right. Home. Any of those things. Right. So if you had those thoughts, what, what do you think that would lead you to do? Um, so I've, so personally, I've done that right where I'll just be like, I'll just I'll kind of just let that emotion fade. Mm especially if I'm already vibing in my car. Like, I'm not going to let this person cutting me off. Like, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm listening to music I like. Mm. You know, I'm chilling. And I'm not going to let this one action totally hijack my emotional plane. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's because I've worked at that. Yeah. If I maybe rewind this a few years ago, he cuts me off, but then I try to rationalize it. Yeah, I'll, I'll at least... Those five seconds, five to ten seconds that I'm using to have that rationalization, it at least makes me not respond in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me time to figure it out, you know, because I've done it so much, I, I, I instantly can do it. But, mm. um, yeah, if I remember when I was trying to implement it for myself, yeah, it, it at least stops me from doing something stupid mm-hmm. at the very least. Yeah. And that's absolutely what kind of CBT does in a nutshell, right? And those techniques can be applied to really anything in your life, right? Like any situations, doesn't have to be on the road. It could be with, you know, getting into arguments with your spouse. It could be getting a bad grade on a test or getting like a reprimand from work. CBT seeks to change your thought process, right? To prevent you from acting in a negative or irrational way. 
it helps to reframe your thought process to enable you to act in a positive or rational way. Mm-hmm. And it at least, at the at the very least, it helps you not not subconsciously, but um, impulsively act. You know, because if you don't, if you're not aware of it, and if you don't practice it, then you'll just always be giving into the emotion that the stimulus attracts because it's not always um anger like we can try to make it more like let's say addiction you know like let's say easy one you know porn addiction so of course if you're always just inundating yourself with images or with input that stimulates that addiction and if you're not just taking a second to be like yo five seconds like what the hell's going on is there anything else better i could be doing with my time right now well Addiction's a little tricky, right? Ah, because okay, okay. addiction is not necessarily just your thought process, right? Because addiction, it's also part of a, of a physiological um, response ah, as well, right? Okay, so okay. Um, I used to smoke, right? Um, I used to smoke cigarettes. So anybody that smokes, why do you enjoy smoking, right? Because there's that instant gratification you feel, right? Whether it's you just finished eating, you just finished taking a shit, you just finished having sex, Right. Smoking that cigarette just gives you that kind of flush that, or it makes your body flush with like kind of just like that relaxation, that dopamine, right? Mm. That kind of just makes you feel really good. That's what draws people into smoking, right? So it's not necessarily just a thought process anymore. It's a physiological connection to that substance as well. Oh, okay. So addiction works in that sense, and that's why addiction is considered a a disease, right? Because there's also a physiological response to it. Gotcha. We can um, steer back then to CBT, um, Right, that's what cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. We can steer back to that just so we can stay on that. Like, totally down to talk about addiction, but we'll try to stay in one lane because I have this really bad habit of just. Oh yeah, that too. No, but um, yeah, for CBT, right? So, in a nutshell, with the whole scenario of like if you're driving and somebody cuts you off, so that's just like the basic techniques, right? That's the surface level stuff. But you kind of alluded to it earlier when you talked about internalizing negative thoughts, right? So, especially with parents right when they say negative comments to you that kind of allude to you being a failure or your or disappointment or you're never going to do anything right or why don't you just go kill yourself right essentially what happens is when those thoughts are internalized and those thoughts really become the way you think it becomes a core belief in cbt it's called a core belief and these core beliefs basically are the things responsible for us reacting the way that we do in everyday situations right so there's a process to it, but just in a nutshell, one of the most common core beliefs is I'm unlovable, right? So if you have a core belief, like, and you really truly believe that you're unlovable because you've learned that from your environment or um, nature versus nurture growing up, you learned that you were unlovable. How do you think you would be in relationships? Romantic relationships. How do you think you would be? Man, like, it would be hard for me to receive affection or receive, you know, like what did they call it? The, the different love languages, right? It would just be hard to receive love. It's like, I'd be giving a lot definitely. Cause I want to, va- I want, you know, Hey, I'm with you. I want to make sure you, you stay with me. So I'll mm. keep giving you everything you want mm. and I won't ask for much, if anything. And, but then that leads to just kind of like a shitty life overall. Like, you know, eventually you'll look back and be like, God damn, I don't get anything out of this. Like I, I get, 
crumbs and scraps out of this thing and i've been giving you trying to give you the world give you the moon and a kingdom yeah absolutely right so if you had that core belief of i'm unlovable that might lead you to overcompensate in other areas of your life right not necessarily romantic relationships but social relationships as well or maybe even job performance right it's like maybe you might be one of those people that just tries to do anything and everything because you need the validation or it could go the other way as well right like maybe you'll just do like just the minimum amount of work because you are fearful of being rejected mm-hmm. right so with negative core beliefs it bleeds out into every other aspect of your life right and if you have a negative core belief it makes life difficult right like if you're having issues with relationships or having issues with work if you have general feelings of sadness about your life in general hey maybe try out therapy you know it's like maybe it can help you kind of just open up Um, maybe new thought avenues that you never thought before, right? Or maybe it'll help you kind of just realize something that you've realized, but you just don't want to acknowledge, right? And in the sense of goals, it's it'll be a good tool to at least identify some obstacles. It's not going to be a one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. or this one tool for everything. It's just when you look at goals... There's you where you got to identify where you are. The self-criticism is required to, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. What is in, what lies between me? What are the obstacles? Because of course, you know, it's the quickest um, point between, or the quickest way to between two points is a straight line, but it's never that simple. So it's like, I got to at least identify what can be moved. What, what's, there are some things that will be more difficult, but the CBT will at least be a decent tool to, You know, you always want to remove as much as possible. And then even with jujitsu, because we always talk about martial arts is they always have that. It's almost like a cliche, like 1% better every day. Mm. Well, yeah, definitely 1% better every day. Little by little. Little by little. But part of that is is looking at, hey, what am I doing wrong or what could I do better? Because um, who is it? Is it Einstein? Or there's that quote where, uh, and I've used it in my podcast before, of... um, the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing every time mm-hmm. and expecting different results. Yep. So with Bloodborne, back to when you were first fighting Father Gascoigne is where it's like, okay, I'm going to change a little bit. Like, what did I do this different, do this different? And yes, it takes you, it took you over 20 times, but it's, you're not doing the exact same thing every mm-hmm. time. It's mm-hmm. you were, let me try this, let me try this, mm-hmm. try this a little bit different. Yeah, um, I wasn't doing the same thing, wondering why the hell is this not working, right? It's correct. Like you were changing up your approach. You were changing up your tactics. Absolutely. Correct. And that's just part of identifying goals and the path to it. We could totally wrap it up um, just due to time. And hopefully we can do this again. And this was really, really educational. This was chill. Yeah, I like yeah. it. And I'm pretty sure the uh, listeners will really appreciate it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. So um, if you have people that just want more general information or really just kind of questions, absolutely. Um, you know, just go ahead and um, send them my way. I'm happy to help. Right. And if, if it's not going to be in your department, you can at least direct them to a counselor or a department that will yeah absolutely help. right so if um if it doesn't come to where i'm at specifically i can definitely or whoever you know assists you can definitely point you in the, the right direction gotcha gotcha or if you're too shy you can always hit me up and we can come to our little sacred space we can do a little friendly sparring and grappling and you can talk to me about it and uh Yeah, we'll start there at least. I know? like that idea. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. learn martial arts. Definitely. You learn about yourself in the world. Definitely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close it out, listener. Thank you so much for joining us. I do hope you gleaned as much value as I did. Uh, if not more, please feel free to 
reach out to me if you have any questions. Uh, I'll probably be doing a monologue about this a lot later. And talk to yourself. Don't forget to talk to yourself. I talk to myself a lot. That's what I love about like the whole mask mandate mm. is that I'm just walking around the mall and my like they don't see my mouth moving and I'm just like, yeah, you know, this, you know just self-talk. And it helps though. It helps me not spend. Like I'll be yeah. at GameStop looking mm. at Funko Pops and I'm just like, Gene, like, you don't need this. And I was like, but I want everything. <laughs> it's not on sale. Okay, at least convince myself. That. All right. So yeah, let me go ahead and do this outro. Uh, again, listener, thank you for joining us and uh, be safe between these conversations. Good hunter, may you find your worth in the waking world. <laughs>